Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, as they say. Welcome to the Rebel News <laughs> Daily Livestream. That's a... Little Truman Show. Very good, Dakota. Excellent. And Excellent work from Dakota. Thank you. My name is Andrew. I'm here with young Dakota Christensen. This is the Rebel News Daily Livestream, rebelnews.com slash livestreams. We're on YouTube. We're on Getter. We're on Super U. We're on Rumble. Odyssey. And Odyssey. So if you want to interact with us, fine-looking gentlemen, and you want to ask us any questions, send us any links queries, mm -hmm. hate messages, love messages, you can do so on Rumble with a Rubble Rant, Odyssey, Hyper Chat, and the Super You Shout. We'll get to them as soon as we can. We'll read them on air, and it'll be a good old time, won't it, Dakota? It'll be a fantastic time. Please, <laughs> send us your messages. It'll be great. Please do. Now, today's going to be very heavy on the political debate that happened yesterday for the Canadian mm -hmm. Conservative leadership. Um and there was five candidates there. Rebel News had a big presence, so we got a lot of questions in. Some good answers, some bad answers, some funny answers and funny mm -hmm. interactions with our staff as well. Um, quickly recapping, Nakoto, who do you think came out on top for you last night? That and then we'll show question. some clips. See, I think there were multiple winners and losers last night, depending on each perspective of each candidate. Because, I mean, like, they're not all really in it to win it, right? Some mm -hmm. of them are polling at, like, 2 3%. But as far as their personal brand, they came out looking better than they did beforehand, I think. Um, I think Pierre Polyev probably would, you know, most people would say he's the winner of last night. I think he had some successes in slamming down on Jean Charest. But you know what? I think, yeah, there are some candidates. I think Roman Babber looked pretty good um, last night of the debates. I think he was uh, like improved his own personal mm -hmm. brand. It was good for him. Scott Atchison, I think he was kind of a middle of the road kind of guy. He <laughs> Trying was, to play the dad yeah, role. He was, he was like, Mr. You know what, guys? Let's just be respectful and have unity and let's not fight each other. We're all here on the same team. Let's all just have fun where it's like. You know what, sure, if he just wants to run this, get a little more name recognition, you know, not get in any fights with anyone, like, fair enough, you know, but... Uh, well, Patrick Brown wasn't there, but you did get a nice email from his campaign, didn't you? Yeah, literally just, like, less than an hour ago is uh, from Mayor Patrick Brown sending an email saying, hey, guys, did you see the debate last night? I won by not being there. <laughs> Very clever. Oh, not fair. I don't know what his strategy is if it's just to get fundraising to get his name out there nationally for some other reason or to just, you know, gather emails from people. Something. Something's up with him, I think. I don't think he can win. Most of his stuff is just going to his own backyard and doing events there where he's clearly got support because he's the mayor, even though that's weird because he's not a great politician. Or maybe he's good at being one of those yeah. politicians, he's you know what I mean? Those, he's a good politician in terms of doing the politicking, but he's a poor human being, I would say. <laughs> wow. Uh, make sure to go to sneakypatrick.ca. Is it Steve? Sneakypatrick? Sneakypatrickbrown.ca. We got a nice uh, site there. Well, yeah, let's those. bring that up if bring we it, have bring that. Bring it up. See our great coverage of Sneaky Patrick Brown, as we call him. A lot of people were talking about Pierre Polyev's hits on John Charest there last night. A lot of crowd interaction. Hoots and hollerings, you might even say. Ooh. You got your Sheila Gunn reads and your Yankee Pollocks tweeting about it yeah. that he quote-unquote murdered him now some people took that seriously for some reason they thought they were actually Someone talking about the police yeah exactly went on a murdering spree it's like when a montreal canadians player gets hit they telephone that police the earth him but um let's go ahead and cue up the first clip here that we have because if you didn't see the the uh, debates last night then you're going to be a little bit confused as to what we're talking about so we'll show as many clips as possible the first one is uh pierre there saying that uh, Jean Charest mis misrepresented the truckers. Now, if you're not familiar, Charest is 
for the truckers, against it. He's definitely against the blockades, which he seems to have mm -hmm. pinpointed that Polyev is against it as well. Let's show this clip, and then we'll get you to talk about it, Dakota. I'm going to begin with you, Mr. Polyev. And I want to start with the trucker convoy, it's something we've already been discussing. You've been criticized for your support for the trucker convoy. One of your fellow candidates has even said you should be disqualified for leadership of the party uh, based on your engagement with the convoy. As we all know, public opinion on the trucker convoy is sharply divided. The Trudeau government and the mainstream media have gone to great lengths to vilify the truckers. And back in February, you said that you were, quote, proud of them. That's right. Has your opinion on the trucker convoy changed since? And is your support of the truckers a liability moving forward? No and no. My position has not changed. I said at the very outset before they even arrived that I simultaneously stood with the law-abiding and peaceful truckers who were fighting for their livelihoods and liberties while condemning any individual who breaks the law, blocks critical infrastructure, or behaves badly. That is the position I took then, it's the position I take now. Now, Mr. Charest learned about the trucker convoy on CBC, like other Liberals, and he misrepresented them. Uh, he believes that I should be censored. He believes I should be canceled from this leadership race and disqualified, in his words, because I don't share his Liberal viewpoint. That is the kind of cancel culture and censorship you would expect from Justin Trudeau, but instead we're getting it from this liberal on this stage. <laughs> B, we're laughing in the background. Frankly, Mr. Charest, for you to talk about law and order is a little bit rich given that your party, your liberal party, took a half million dollars of illegal donations when you were the head of that party, the average trucker has more integrity in his pinky finger than you had in your entire scandal-plagued liberal cabinet. Dakota, what if Jean Charest was purposely put in the race to make Polyev look better? Because there's no way, like, the Conservative Party people are going to say, let's vote for this guy who was a former leader of the Liberal Party. Yeah, I mean, like, that is, uh, that's a plausible theory of yours, I think I could say. The way I see it, like, Sheree seems so unenthusiastic in everything. Like, watching his launch video for his candidacy, I'm like, this is the most boring guy. He's sitting there, <laughs> and he's just like, it looks like he's just in his living room with a camera. Hi, guys, I'm so excited to be telling you that uh, <laughs> we're in it to win it. I'm going to run for leader of the party. Vote for me. I'm like, I feel like he's just doing this as like because he feels like obligated to. He's got some buddies like, hey, come on, you got some name recognition. Get in there, win the leadership for us. He can't let Pierre win. I don't know, but he's not doing anything to make himself look good. I think he, he's uh, been mostly absent from Canadian politics this whole time, the last yeah. couple of years. So I don't understand where that comes from. So my conspiracy hat with a yeah. uh, propeller on it is currently spinning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, are you a conservative is another question he was asked um, mm -hmm. at the debate. Um, we have the video of that response. So that's obviously the angle most of the candidates were going after. You're, you're a liberal. You watch CBC is what he just said there. Mm -hmm. Why are you here? So that's why I kind of think, like, is he up there taking, like, money just to be <laughs> lambasted yeah. with insults? I have no oh. idea. But uh, let's see this answer he's giving for... Why are you a conservative? Next to you, Mr. Charest, you led a liberal government in Quebec, and your record as premier includes raising taxes and introducing a cap-and-trade program. Many conservatives don't connect with you, and frankly, some are wondering why you're running for leader of this party. Fire. 
So I'm wondering if you can set the record straight. Why does he have access to whatever he's looking at right thank now? Thank you very much. And, and Roman, thank you for your comments. Or is his microphone? And, and Leslin, I have a deep respect for the position that you hold on the issue of abortion. And I want to say a word about social conservatives tonight because we may not agree on all issues, but who are the people who call themselves social conservatives? <clears throat> and I'm not a hyphenated conservative, but who are they if not people who have a faith based life, believe in their families and their communities. Sounds like pretty good people to me. What does this have to do with raising taxes? And they are part I, of our family I, I, I and they will know. always be I mean, It's a fair point, I think. They need to be respected. People can miss, now, but... In this room tonight is Preston Manning, who called before this debate that we act respectfully in the view of uniting the party after the leadership race. Well, so much for that, Pierre. Oh, in good one. Race, you guys are mean. That's like, this isn't a point. Let's be nicer to each other, Dakota. Let's not be mean. You were asked about your taxes and cap and trade. Left an $8 billion surplus after 15 years to Mr. Legault. $8 billion. You're not going to see that in your lifetime again. A higher credit rating in Quebec than Ontario. We reduce taxes. In fact, I reduced taxes in 2007-8, income taxes for middle-class, lower-income Quebecers, which actually allowed Quebecer to do better than Canada, the United States, or Europe, or Ontario during the Great Recession. The credit rating agency says one of the key decisions for us, having a better performance, more jobs, more economic growth, but the fact that I reduced taxes, which was opposed by this person here, Pierre Poliev. He was opposed to it back then. So enough of the hypocrisy. And on, on the Hill, I agree with Scott. This mess that we witnessed is the fault of Mr. Thank Trudeau. But you. Mr. Poliev, during that period, supported an illegal blockade. Mr. You cannot Mr. make laws and break Mr. laws Mr. and then say I will make laws for other people. No, I'm sorry, but that is a question of basic no. foundation and principle in my life. You're out of time, sir. Thank you. Next year, oh, boo, show, no over each other. I mean, a huge chunk of that debate was just Jean Charest and Pierre Poliev arguing at each other about whether or not he raised or lowered taxes. Mm -hmm. as little Pierre, he raised them, by the way. I think it's pretty clear if you look at his record there. But yeah, it was seems like a mess. And he kind of didn't really answer the question. Like, are you just, are you a conservative? <laughs> like, it's like, well, I uh, lowered taxes. <laughs> well, actually, you raised them. Oh, no, I lowered them. Uh, but what did, you supported the truckers. You should be disqualified. Yeah. What I'm concerned about, Dakota, is not so much what John Charest say, says, because I don't trust him. Um, Pierre's the clear leader, I think, in this whole race. And my concern is that the whole love for Pierre Fest, get Trudeau out, they don't ask him the actual tough questions. Now, people have asked him about the World Economic Forum. They've asked him about, you know, truckers. He's mm -hmm. answered those fine. But nobody's asking him about immigration. Nobody's going to ask him about, you know, why did why were you against the, the blockade at the border? And it's because, you know, it, it's critical infrastructure and all that. But the <laughs> the mandates are still there yeah. and that was the purpose of those things so at what point are my question to if i could sit down with him would be at what point are the canadian citizens ab 
supposed to do something where they take it in their own hands. They weren't violent, they weren't doing anything, and you could say it's an advocate advocacy for breaking the law, but it's actually just an advocacy for making other people lose business and action. And they didn't have a problem with businesses being shut down for two years, Pierre included, they didn't say anything. But when, you know, gigantic corporations had to be shut down or they were losing business for a couple of days, now all of a sudden the whole system moved with it and Pierre has a problem with it because he's probably getting phone calls saying like these are a lot of your people you have to condemn it so these are the questions that i'm worried that are going to get you know they're going to fly under the radar because we're so like go pierre you take out justin trudeau you've got a great chance which is true but these critical questions that i don't think are ever going to get answered or are never going to get asked aren't going to get asked if pierre gets in without having to answer for those so he needs mm -hmm. to answer things about immigration about actual you know stagnation in our rights and why he wasn't present at the time about hotels about vaccine mandates but now he's all against them so i don't know i just don't trust him yet so i don't look yeah. at these answers and him like you know kicking ass telling them what's what as a sign of hope it tells me that things are going to be slightly better we might not get go poor as fast we might not completely lose everything but the core things that are the real problems in our country aren't going to change See, that's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, you make some fair points about there are some key questions he has not yet answered. And I think it's a fair policy to not trust any of these politicians. I think that's a, I think that's a pretty uh, fair way to go about it, just being generally skeptical. I think, I think Pierre gets a little bit of flack because like when I put myself in his position in terms of like if I were to be of the mind of, okay, I want to actually make some real change. Like, people condemn him for not being as outspoken as others could say, like Roman Baber, who's very outspoken, got kicked out of the party, of the PC party on Ontario, um, and now he's running federally. But, like, I'm thinking, like, if I was in Pierre Polyev's position as a federal MP, finance minister, had a run-up to be prime minister, would speaking out have been the best thing for him, even for the country, to do good? Like, you know, I think of Abraham Lincoln, who, like, you know, we all remember him as the one who helped to lead a war on slavery and is the great abolitionist. He didn't run against slavery when he was running for president. He ran on other key issues and then got elected and then waived his war on slavery. So, I mean, I, I still I'm withholding judgment. I am hopeful because I think Pierre Polly was saying all the right things. I think, you know, all the stuff about making Canada the freest country on earth and all the economic issues. And he's now being very outspoken against vaccine mandates and lockdowns. So I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm hopeful at least I'm hopeful the conservative party can be redeemed. And you will go to leadershipdebates.ca to find out what he he eventually leadership, says. Yeah. Leadershipdebates.ca or leadershipreports.ca? Do we own debates.ca? I could be wrong on leadershipreports.ca. Leadershipreports.ca. Um, That's the one. Exactly. So another big thing for Sheree here, and hopefully we'll get off of him after that. I keep getting spam calls from numbers that start with a V, which is always a good sign. Um <laughs> They keep asking about Huawei, and here you're going to see some of the real problems with Jean Chéret because he's so establishment that he doesn't even care. <laughs> so he doesn't care that he worked for Huawei, he says the conservatives brought them in. He doesn't care that he was part of the World Economic Forum because he went with um, mm -hmm. Prime Minister then at the time Stephen Harper. All of his like real globalist and... Uh, establishment policies in history he's just like so what conservatives did it so cons <laughs> cr criticize them and in that way he has a point if everybody was still in that mindset of like you know steadfast straightforward like republican style conservatism but the time is a little bit passed him by and i don't think he realizes that a lot of the support is not for people who are just you know 
like Aaron O'Toole style conservatives. Yeah. That support isn't really there anymore, and I don't think he realizes that. So here's a clip of Pierre giving it to him again on how much money he's received from Huawei, and he does. Uh, he I don't think he ever says anything close to an answer here. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we're going to unite this country, we have to come clean. Mr. Charest, uh, on needs to come clean with uh, how much money he got from Huawei. We need to know the truth here. The Liberals are going to ask that. He needs to, and he's never told us how much he got paid. This is a company whose software and hardware has been banned from the 5G networks of four of the five I countries because of allegations, in many cases proven, uh, that they have um, uh, used it for espionage. Mr. Sheree, how much money did you get from Huawei when you were working for me, either directly or indirectly? Just the number, please. How much? How much, Mr. Prime Minister? Uh, Mr. Speaker? How much, sir? How much, Oh, Pierre. That's what I'm worried about, Dakota. Oh, Pierre. This is, answer the question. This is a company that was welcomed into Canada by Steve Harper in 2012 for the telecommunications company. How much? And that's that's what Huawei did. How much welcomed in by a conservative government? How much? I'm very proud of the fact that I also worked to free the two Michaels and to bring them back Please. Mr. Come on. You got some swamp land to sell Mr. Can I can I answer this one? Can I talk? Answer the question. Is it is this the country you believe in where people aren't allowed to talk? I'd like to hear please the number. I can I can answer the question. Just I want I want I want to talk to you about this. How much Mr. Polly let's give Mr. Sherry a chance to respond. Just the dollar figure, please. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. What are you hiding? Thank you, Jim. Can I ask a question? What are you hiding? Sounds like a Scientologist. What are your crimes? There's a bill in 21 in Quebec. This was a piece of legislation that restrains the rights of Canadians to wear religious symbols. That no, I, th I I thought that bit was funny. I mean, okay, first of all, there's the whole how much thing. It's a classic peer bit. If you've mm -hmm. watched any of his videos and all the parliamentary stuff, so mm -hmm. like, what's the average cost of a house? And the liberals <laughs> say, "Excuse me, uh, Mr. Speaker, how much in dollars? <laughs> how much?" Which I thought was funny. See that on a debate. But I think because where that clip ends, it goes on to a little bit further. Jean Charest then somehow tries to flip it on Pierre Polyev in terms of saying, "Well, Bill 21 in Quebec, which I oppose, you said into the French media specifically that if the issue." were to go to the Supreme Court, you would not speak out and condemn it or something like on behalf of the Canadian government. And I thought that was a very funny rebuttal in terms of you said, you told the media, even though you explicitly say you oppose Bill 21, which is, I think, the ban on like religious symbols or something, rather controversial bill in Quebec. But, but how is that like calling someone and saying, you said to the media that if this went to the Supreme Court, you wouldn't interfere, you wouldn't call it out. Like, <laughs> so like you would respect the courts and their decisions? Like, I, I don't see how that. No, was. you must put a stop to all due yeah. process. Just like in the United States, you must put a stop to the Supreme Court yeah. doing what it's supposed to do. It's uh like like I said, it's very neoconish establishment thing, and he doesn't. Yeah. I don't think he realizes Dakota that the time is a little bit past for his style, anyways. And then he, um, I don't think we need a lot more Jean Charest in terms of um, 
this Kean Bexy, but shout out to Kean Bexy anyways. Mm. He was there at the real Kean on Twitter. Um, the World Economic Forum mm, um, yeah. question from the great Alexa Lavoie is what I'd like to get to next, and he seems no problem with it. He sees no yeah. problem with it, Dakota. No problem. Is, is if I say the Conservatives went there, then you'll have no problem with that. You guys yeah. are paralyzed by Stephen Harper's name. He said Stephen Harper about as much as Justin Trudeau says Stephen Harper. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is he wasn't saying much about Stephen Harper. I thought it was interesting, and then. Pierre Polyev said something about Stephen Harper, like, oh, when I was in the Harper government. And then, like, it's almost like a flip switch. And Joshua's like, oh, well, I, I also like Stephen Harper, guys. Uh, I, I was there with Harper. And, uh, oh, yeah, Stephen Harper. I think he even tweeted afterwards, I support Stephen Harper, and I voted for him in every election he ran. And, like, guys, I'm not a liberal. So <laughs> I thought that was funny. I swear, you guys. Maybe okay. We can find that tweet. But anyways, yeah, I say we throw to that, that clip of Alexa's question, shall we? Monsieur Charest, euh, oui. bonjour Alexandra bonjour. Lavoie pour Rebel News. Avec l'influence croissante d'organisations telles que l'Organisation mondiale de la santé et le Forum économique mondial s'infiltrent s'infiltrent He looks like he's really tired at this point. He looks like he's about to cry. <laughs> he says, well, listen, I don't think the WEF threatens Canada's sovereignty. Besides, the last time I was there, this is real acting for me, I was there with Stephen Harper. He just looks so done. He's just crazy. Yeah. And then Alexa says as a follow-up, do you see Canada adopting digital IDs? And if so, what mechanisms will be in place to prevent the people in power from turning off our IDs or our money? Because Justin Trudeau turning off people's uh, banks left a bad taste in Canadians' mouths when it comes to terms of the truck. Bon, écoutez, je vais prendre ça comme étant un and then he says, I'll take that as a comment if there's any... So he refuses yeah. to answer a question about digital ID, which is insane. If yeah. you don't want to seem like you're in on these conspiracies, mm -hmm. um, that everybody's pretty much found out to be fact now, saying it's okay that I went to the World Economic Forum and saying I don't have a comment on digital IDs kind of sounds like you are for those things. Yeah, like you know, that was basically no better than what we saw at the uh, the federal leaders debates for the 2020 election of, oh, I don't answer questions for Rebel News or no, no comment. Like, it's like, oh, I'll take that as a comment. That wasn't a real question. Uh, I'm not going to answer that. Like, okay, so you're not going to take this opportunity to respond to this issue we're bringing yeah. up? Like, so... Anybody who knows about those things is going to see that and say, well, he's in on it, yeah. and rightfully show. So at this point in time, I feel like people who are in politics need to disavow this global movement for putting the same policies in place everywhere in the Western world because they are currently failing us, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Excuse me. Lincoln J, TV's Lincoln J, as you know him from... Mm -hmm the trucker protests and everything else. He was there. He asked a question to Roman Baber. Now, Roman Baber, I think, moved up a couple notches in everybody's book yesterday, competing with Leslie Lewis maybe for second place there. Mm -hmm. Or maybe more. Who knows? I don't think he's got as much 
countrywide recognition as yeah. either of them. But uh, I think he may have won some hearts and minds yesterday. Do you think? I agree. I think I think he presented himself well. He was good about staying on message. I think he, you know, responded. There were some good moments of there, good opportunities. He was able to jump on. I don't, and I don't think he had any sort of moments where he lost anything. Like His hair all, doesn't move. All good moments. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you and uh, Babber's hair, huh? Let's just be honest here for a second, without being too harsh. This is Andrew being his least harsh. Mm. His hair doesn't move. I'd like to touch it. That's yeah. all I'm going to say, and get a real understanding of what it is to be his hair. Well, let's hope he doesn't see this and you don't scare him off. Anyway. That's fine. I'm not going to actually try to touch his hair without his permission. You know, uh, my body, my choice is very popular these mm. days. So Lincoln Jay's question to Roman, um, I'm not sure what it is, so let's listen. Yeah. Mr. Bever, Lincoln Jay with Rebel News. So Canada's thrown out millions of vaccine doses, yet still has 55 million on order for the rest of 2022 at the expense of the taxpayer. How would you approach these kind of contracts with pharmaceutical companies in the future? I would have to review the contracts, but I'm going to urge what I've been urging uh, since the beginning of, of the pandemic. And that means that we have to entrust Canadians with their own healthcare choices. And that means that we also shouldn't be interfering in the doctor-patient relationship. Uh, I think that it's important that, that people uh, get good information, that they self-inform themselves, but under no circumstances should government force Canadians do anything against their will. And that means that when you uh, cost someone their job potentially, that is not uh, aligned with their will. Or when you force someone as a condition of, of getting a bowl of, sitting down for a bowl of soup at importance, I'm not sure that that really means choice. So. I, I propose that we need to restore uh, our ability to to make our own healthcare decisions, and uh, beyond that, I'll I'll examine what our options are uh, once I form government. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Uh, sounds like he's advocating for those bread bowls to come back to Tim Hortons. Mm. I actually don't know what you're referencing right now. Well, Dakota Christensen. Were well, these bowls of bread? It was a hardened bread bowl, hmm. which came with the soup in it, and the tagline for the ad campaign was and that somebody telling a story and then he ate the bowl and then I ate the bowl is what they used to say mm -hmm. writer Dave would know what I'm talking about but yeah it was a bowl circa could... what year was this give me a rough estimate <sighs> Eliz uh, your name is not Elizabeth Isabel <laughs> Olivia it's not Isabel either Olivia if you want to look this up I'm going to go with 2004 2004 if you can find okay. a commercial for Tim Horton's edible bowls we're going back to the golden years of humanity right now is that I mean, what that is mid-2000s i don't know you know like yes we had the tragedy of 9-11 in the early 2000s but you know bar that i think the 2000s <laughs> were one of the greatest decades to download know. anything you wanted it was golden anyway forums <laughs> chats yeah other things before all this did we find this crazy olivia Oh, 2000. Damn. Wow. Let's play, so that play a second. Movie. We gotta tell everybody the reference. One time in high school, I ate 12 cheeseburgers at one time. <laughs> That's cool. When I was in college, I ate 30 hard boiled eggs. <laughs> well, yesterday at lunch, I ate a great bowl of chicken stew. And then I ate the bowl. New Tim Hortons Two chicken stew in an oven baked bread bowl. It was a good idea. Satisfying. And it saves on, you know, like cutlery and uh, bowls and stuff. 
Anyway, why you wouldn't say David Menzies is in the back, building, by the back way. Back to that question, uh, Lincoln J. Feud rolling back. Right. It was about bodily autonomy, essentially. And yeah, because the vaccine contracts, right? Saying Trudeau's right, right, up right. all these doses of vaccines. And like, what's the government going to do with these vaccines if people don't want the vaccines? And they're forcing all these boosters on us. And he's like, well, I'll have to review the contracts. But no one should be forced to take anything they don't want to, basically. Well, luckily, there's a brand new vaccine facility coming in Quebec so that we can mm -hmm. make even more doses. Even so more. surely we won't need anything for any vaccines in the near future. Surely there, nothing will pop up where no. for some reason we're selling vaccines through the government when we still have a contract to 2025. Um, so fun times ahead. Yeah, we go out contract to 2024, 2025 with Pfizer and that new facility talking about from Moderna. So, you know, they're just it's fun partnerships, government, vaccine makers, big pharma, big government. It's, it's a great time. It is a good time to be alive. <laughs> um, last thing, I think, from the debate last night, then we're going to sort of review some of the other talking points, the Ontario provincial campaigns have because we're coming up an election there. But federally for now, Roman Baber also answered Tamara Ugolini's, you know, Canada's favorite motherly reporter. I shouldn't say that. There's lots we of other mothers. Let me rephrase. Uh, uh, delete that part. Canada's favorite reporter from Coburg. Coburg, down in Coburg. Coburg, eh? Ontario. I'm you know? confusing names, places today. I'm, I haven't had lunch. Yeah, um, you know it's okay. I'm here to keep you in check. In. It's all right. It's all right. But Tamara asked Roman a question yesterday. We had a great presence there at the debates. I'm really happy about that, Dakota. And just as a mm -hmm. side note, when I see that other people are forced to hear Rebel News and get and we're we're there at the front lines of everything and we're getting the questions in, I feel like you know, as producer Efron would say, the Patriots are in control. Mm hmm. I did as, as you know, Patriots are control are in control. Alex Jones, Efron Monsanto. Is that's that how that comes that, into play? Yeah, that's how it comes. Into um, play. Oh yeah, it's well, quoted yeah, and then he's quoting that. It's like the Michael that. Scott, Wayne Gretzky. Exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Tamara, if you watch her videos, which we all do, you mm -hmm. know that she does a lot of stuff about health and about doctors and about mandates, just like mm -hmm. the question. So she asked Rowan Baber what he's going to do and how he's going to help the government regain, regain trust, public trust, that is, because, you know, doctors and health facilities and officials really took a hit in the last couple of years. Yeah, and because Tamara's always doing deep dives into all the front edge, the cutting edge of the science and all the data that's coming out. And she's talking, I believe, if this is the right question, talking about all the data that's coming out that is not influencing government decisions at all, as in they're just not paying attention to the data. So I think let's go to that. Key question. Good evening. Mr. Babber, I'm Tamara Ugolini here with Rebel News. Um, each nice month, Pfizer releases thousands of pages of documents that increasingly show that they misrepresented their COVID injectable data, but Health Canada rubber stamped it and continues with their emergency use authorization anyway. How can Canadians trust our federal health institutions if they are not actively reviewing this science as it comes in? And what would you do to ensure entities like Health Canada are holding adequate review processes that are readily available to the Canadian public? I think it's time that we depoliticize medicine. I think that people should be able to make their own choices together with their family doctor as to what is best for their health. I also think that we need to strengthen and, and review the regulator. I, I think it's very, very important that we don't have uh, regulators that are self-funded by industry and, and that we consider the relationship between industry and the regulator. I think it's very, very important that we receive transparent data and that we report on it accurately 
And um, I, I, I certainly think that a lot of data that has come through um, the COVID-19 pandemic uh, should have been more accurate and fair for the benefit of all Canadians. And uh, when I become leader of the party and subsequently Canada's prime minister, I will do a full audit on everything that has transpired in the last two years. For all Canadians. He almost pulled out a Justin Trudeau tagline there. For all Canadians. If he just um, bo busted into his voice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that was a pretty good answer to the question. Depoliticized medicine. I'm all for that. Full audit. Sounds great to me. Well... Roman Bayer has grown on me since yesterday. He had a bit of a history of running away from Rebel News. He was finally cornered by Adam Seuss, yeah. who is basically a linebacker, so you can't really get away from him. No. And uh, now he's taking these questions and actually answering them on, like, Jean Charest. Mm -hmm. And he's giving, I think, the most... The, the answers that I feel align most with what direction the country needs. Can he actually win? I mean, I'd, I would hope he gets closer than I think he does. Yeah, um, I, I don't think he remotely has a chance. But <laughs> I like, I like the stuff he's been saying. I think he realized because I, he, he has a good few friends, from what I understand, in a lot of the legacy media. And he I think he thought they would be nice enough to mm -hmm. him. But like seeing some of his interviews, like I'm thinking of with uh, uh, CTV, what's his name? Uh, Evan Solomon, mm -hmm. who absolutely like gave him a real right. rough interview. Whereas he, and then with us, I think he thought we were going to be super antagonistic. Where it's like we're just trying to do real journalism here. Yeah, like, well, we're trying to nobody ask else some genuine questions. And I feel like he, he said he was pleasantly surprised by Adam's interview and like asking him good questions and not being super antagonistic and trying to you know beat him into the ground. And so I, I think he's kind of realizing, okay, yeah, Rebel News, those guys, like they're not they're not here to you know <laughs> trick me or corner me or do any gotcha stuff. Like we just want to act, see what he actually has to say on these issues. Well, he's got. He's willing to answer everything, and he's got real answers. So there's no need to ask him the pr the most prickly ones because he answers them. Now, we could still ask him about immigration, which I think they should all be asked. But in terms of vaccinations and you know lockdowns and all this stuff, he will directly answer those. Charest won't. I mean, Leslie Lewis, we saw her duck away from a transgender question recently, mm -hmm. which was a little bit disappointing. And I believe she said she was against uh, forms of digital currency as well. But that might have been, as you said, not relating to cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to press her now, more on that. On the, on the immigration point, because there was that did come up last night's debate. And the only stuff that was really touched on was kind of each of them competing saying, well, no, I'm the better uh, candidate to appeal to immigrants. Like Leslie mm. was saying, I'm uniquely qualified because I came here as Canada as I was five years old. And I know what it's like to be a struggling immigrant. The Roman bad would be like, oh, well, I come from a <laughs> former Soviet you know, Union country. And I know what it's like. And I'm here to defend Canada's democracy. And there was no real discussion on immigration beyond saying, you know what, I'm going to appeal to the immigrant vote sort of thing. So it's interesting. I feel like, yeah, we could dive a little more into that in terms of asking these questions. The good news is there are more debates to come. This one's Indeed. just the first. And then there's another one May 11th in Edmonton, another one after that in Quebec. And then there's one that the Independent Press Gallery is hosting. I think Sheila is moderating that. Energy. Yes. So. Is, that a, is that announced yet, or did you just blow the spot? Did I just blow the spot? I hope not. I, I think don't it's know. been announced. Because they already are planning this. I, I remember Andrew Lawton posting stuff Right, on right. I think it's so, coming out. Big Andrew Lawton, yeah. of course. you got to have We don't have, have tickets there. to sell yet, but I think it's all. If anything, just go to meet Andrew Lawton. That's what my mm -hmm. advice is. He's a good time. He's a party animal. I don't know that for sure. Yeah, Maybe he will get sprayed with pepper spray if he goes there, um, as he did in Ottawa by the police sure. there. So you guys know that I'll ask the prickly questions that everybody wants yeah. to ask. Transgenderism. <laughs> um, 
other things other if I can if I can get them in. That's another thing I remember bringing out with the debate last night, seeing who was actually there. Because you mentioned Andrew Lott. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was there. Jason Kenny was also interesting to see him there, sitting mm-hmm. there watching everyone, especially when everyone was slamming lockdowns, vaccine mandates, and having, like, the premier there who is instituting all the lockdowns and the mandates. And what is a vaccine passport? We, we don't, I don't even know what that even means. Vaccine passport? No. And to quote Jason Kenny, I swear to God, open for good. And then... Uh, you know, close back down again. But it was interesting to see all the federal yeah. conservative candidates slam. They're all like, you know, it's competition almost saying, oh, no, I'm more anti-mandate and I'm more anti-lockdown than you are, which is great to see, honestly, in the conservative party. Very happy to see that. Where That's kind of the main line is mm-hmm. everyone is there seems to be consensus of, yes, lockdown's bad, vaccine mandate's bad. But I just I thought that was an interesting tidbit is, oh, Jason Kenny's sitting there right up front uh, watching this all go down. <laughs> well, when this press independent press gallery event happens, rest assured, they will not be left off the hook. When you, with us there, with she, like with Tamara there, maybe Dre will be there. There will be more than enough ammunition to ask all the questions you guys want answered. Mm-hmm. Now, before we move on to provincial politics, and this will appeal to everybody across the country because of the ridiculousness that they say. Do we have any uh, paid chats regarding, mm-hmm. you know, that we might want to get to before we go- we move to provincial? An excellent point. Any chats? And if you haven't sent in chats yet, this is your opportunity. Yeah. Those chats, yes, those rumble yes. rants, those super yes. chats, hyper chats, whatever chats they have on whatever platform you're on. Is she saying there isn't any? I think. Uh, okay, you know, let's okay. throw that up. Throw up his chat. Fraser McBurney, none of the stage mm-hmm. impressed me. One, no one asked to close Oxham Road. See, that's mm-hmm. another good question. question. Two, sell the CBC. When? I don't believe he'll do it, but that's a good question, too. He says he'll defund them. What does defund mean, though? Defund the CBC. I mean, they're all saying they're going to cut government funding tax. Like, defund the CBC. If it's like almost 90, I don't know, I don't know how much percentage of it is government funding. They're going to keep the French stuff. because yeah, then they, that They've has all a, said they would keep, yeah. Um, I say keep the sports is the only thing I would say. I need the uh, whatever his name is when the Olympics come yeah. on, even though I don't watch yeah. the Olympics because it's crooked. Um, three, increase military spending to NATO standards. Um, I mean, what are we really going to do? I mean, we could do that. It'd be nice, but um, more spending. And I was in the military, so yeah. I know how I mean, much. <laughs> I mean, I think this is what, 2% is the commitment to the I think so. country, and we're not even close to that. But I mean, that's fair. So are a lot of countries. But yeah. But, um, yeah. Four cut spending to the UN. Cut all spending to the UN. In my deport all illegal immigrants now. Mm. Um, um, good luck with that. I don't think Canada has a robust immigration uh, team that goes and cracks down on things like that. So Canadian ice. Yeah. Oh, it's ice is here, eh? Oh, you know. <laughs> um, it, there is a lot of Im- illegal immigration. I know mm-hmm. that uh, somebody I knew in Toronto would tell me about, you know, like cleaning companies that would bring in people illegally and they'd have 10 people living in an apartment and stuff. So it is mm-hmm. a problem. But the volume at which we have it is not nearly as much as the United States, obviously. So I think we'd be better off cutting it off at the source like Roxham Road or illegal border crosses, because most of the time they're coming with fancy luggage. They're West African guys or Caribbean guys too, because uh, they speak French is why they they come mm-hmm. here. And um, a lot of the time it's economic mig- uh, migrant sea, if that's a word. And we need to put a stop to that stuff. And also 
reducing the immigration numbers is my position. Yeah. Not everybody in the conservative circles agrees with me, even though I'm always right about everything, Dakota Christensen. Um, mm -hmm. But that's the way I think we could stop. Yeah. And like I'm just thinking about this now, because you like have all these great points, great issues, great questions to touch on. And it's like none of these candidates want to touch on issues of immigration. They don't want to touch on issues of abortion, like all this highly controversial mm -hmm. stuff. Where if you come out and campaign as a pro-life conservative, as a lower immigration conservative, as whatever else, like they're going to be kind of disqualifying themselves from huge swaths of the Canadian uh, population. Yeah. So they don't well, they, they want to stay on message for the stuff they think will get them elected. And so it's like it is an interesting dilemma where I think to myself, I personally would love to know this. Like, if they get into, into power, will they do this? But then also, it's like, hmm, do they want to be broadcasting that far and wide before getting it, like, you know, so they can increase their chance of election in order to actually do this without, you know, losing a huge swath of the vote they might be getting? So it's an I interesting think if, dilemma, I think. I think if they actually believed that and this was a conservative party, mm -hmm. then where else are people going to go? If you want, if you don't yeah. believe in that, you want to go to liberal NDP, that's your right. But if everybody came out and had some more of the, you know, Maxime Bernier or even Roman Baber or even closer to Derek Sloan or the Carhalios twins. That's mean. I shouldn't have said that. Um, I love them both. Um, then, you know, this is going to be the option presented to you. I think it's the right things, the right ideas. And if they're pushed to the forefront in ways of you know, you have five candidates maybe mm -hmm. who are agreeing on these things. And you know what? If you want to be conservative, then you're going to have to have have these. You don't have to have all these views, but these views are going to have to be present. And you can't hide behind, you know, um, well, I can't say that because nobody was going to want to vote for me forever. I just, you know, I don't want to play the game anymore. It's been too it's long. It's been... 2016, six years ago now, we've been playing this game still in Canada, whereas in the U.S. you have a bit more freedom to say what you want in politics and have support because there's so much of a population behind it that it can affect mm -hmm. real change, I think. Um, provincial politics now, mm -hmm. and why should this interest you? Because it's a big-ass province. Because it <laughs> and is the largest province in Canada. And yeah, because we've been focusing so much on all this federal stuff, right? It's like all the Conservative Party leadership race going on right now. But we did just have the campaign launches for all for the Ontario provincial mm -hmm. election. Good old Dougie Ford, Doug Flip Flop Ford, as That's many right. likes to call him, and then the other candidates who you don't know. Uh, so <laughs> well, we can get we can get to a couple of them. Yeah. The NDP now, so they're all making their power moves with the election coming up. Of course, Doug Ford didn't want David Menzies in there asking him too many harsh questions mm -hmm. about his flip flopping. It's cheeseburger eating and whatnot. Um, so the NDP's big promise now is promising dental health care, mm -hmm. which they're calling, you know, um, essential health care that everybody should have. Andrea Horvath, who's the leader of the NDP, and I keep saying the NDP is the only party where it's like, fail up, which is, again, a thing in leftist yep. politics, but Andrea Horvath has failed limitless times. Jagmeet Singh has failed unlimited amounts of times, and they still put them in there with bad ideas. And what's their first idea? Promising dental care. First idea is spend more money. Yep. Spend more money is our first idea. We're coming fresh out the gates of this campaign. Let's spend more money. It's free, you guys. The government's going to cover it. You know, you only have to start paying for that once you get a job. So, no, and the rich will pay for it. It's it's That's that true. ultra rich who aren't paying any taxes. They're going to pay for it all. So don't it you worry. Could potentially save thousands of dollars a year for families could potentially if you spend probably the highest estimation that they found and if more kids need braces yes it's an expense when did dental care become a human right i mean yes it's wonderful to have dental care if your office has insurance your job has insurance it's wonderful but that's like saying like is vision care essential are you telling me that people in the united kingdom 
are not humans. I'm sorry, Andrew. It's a bad, uh, they might bad be reptilian show. people. Uh, <laughs> oh, I get it now. Human okay. right, dental care. I was going reptiles. Uh, um, the Queen and Tony Blair were lizard mm, people, if you recall. I wasn't, that. I wasn't quite going that far. <laughs> just trying to make fun of bad teeth, but okay. The big book of British smiles. So Andrea Horvath, who's just a genius, is the woman you saw there, the leader yes. of the Ontario NDP. She also was saying there's an epidemic out there. An epidemic of violence, and I want to bring this up because mm. she's just so on the nose. The epidemic of violence against Indigenous women, girls. And so all Indigenous women all of a sudden doesn't mm. cover girls somehow. You have to put girls on top women of that. Women and girls. It's you got to got to differentiate adults and children. Andrew, come on. Okay, so now we've changed up the acronym here. 2SLGBTQIA+. So two spirits move to the front. Mm -hmm. Why Dakota? Uh, because there are two of them, so uh, put them right No, because two-spirit is indigenous trans people mm. with two spirits. But wait, how is that specifically indigenous, is it? Two-spirit two is, yeah. Is it? Uh, According I'm to its Wikipedia page. Uh, okay. So I'm guessing that's why it's been moved to the front because of the tweet about indigenous women. Uh, they demand urgent action. So this goes back to the old trope of we must find missing and murdered ind indigenous women. Of course, a horrible thing. Turns out if you looked into it, over 80% of the crimes have been solved, and then the rest of them, they have su suspected reasons. And I don't want to say it right now. I want you to go and look up what those reasons are and who those people are and, and, and what's going on there because it's just, you know, they're just recycling old liberal uh, talking points here. And... Um, they demand, what was the rest of that tweet? They demand urgent action and I will work with indigenous companies. No, you won't. Yes. To implement the national inquiry, 231 calls for justice. Again, this is the same thing Justin Trudeau used to push until he realized he didn't like native uh, communities and they don't like him because he can't get them clean water. Mm. He just can't for some reason, <laughs> yeah. Dakota. No, that's Billions of dollars. We'll, we'll spend a trillion dollars. Um, but we just can't do it. <laughs> you know, we joked like at Rebel News here, like, you know what? Like, could we just like actually go in and do this ourselves? Like, could we just crowdfund getting clean water for these reserves? And we genuinely considered like, is this possible? Could we yeah. do this? And uh, if you live near a native reserve who does not have clean water, email us and we'll come and cover that. And I want to, I would, I'm sure somebody will come and cover it. If it's near me, I will. I can't get on a train or a plane. So remember that somewhere in the GTA. And we will figure out how much it costs. And then we will ask Doug Ford and Justin Trudeau why they haven't spent that money. That yeah. sounds like a fun that's time. That's thing where it's like, if you have private citizens, like, you know what, let's see if we can solve this problem. Sure, we can crowdfund this and get some actual solution. Whereas the government's pumping millions of dollars into this every year to because try and, the, and then the, zero results. The people in charge just hoard all the money. I have yeah. plenty of native friends, have my whole life. They don't, they don't ask for handouts. Mm -hmm. They, they like, so this idea that like, it just, uh, it's so frustrating because like, I don't want to play the whole like social justice thing, but like Justin Trudeau, like these are still Canadian citizens. You can't do this stuff. We just blow money on everything. Yeah. You blow money on everything. Just blow the money on this and get it solved. It's not hard. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the idea of perpetually pumping money into this issue, but not actually wanting to solve it because that's an issue that gives you more power and allows you to keep pumping money into it. And, Indeed. You know, these big chiefs get rich. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you said it. Yeah. Um, so. One more thing. 
um, an NDP candidate in Thunder Bay, if you had any more reason to mm. vote for the NDP, they're thinking this candidate, and let's put her name up so she can uh, be well known for her claim. She's not sure she sees the value in the national anthem anymore. Yeah, and I'd love know, to read more about this. Yeah, you know, like national anthem, national identity, national, we all know toxic nationalism. Huh. Nationalism I'm surprised toxic. she looks like this. Yeah. Unless you're Ukrainian, of course, then nationalism is a great thing. <laughs> it's true. great to be proud of your country um, if you live in Ukraine. But. I'm very surprised this is how this person looks. It's a big Brian Lilly story, so you know he mm. will take the right approach, quote mm. unquote. An academic turned NDP, there's your problem, candidate the current Ontario election, doesn't think too much of, the, of O Canada and worries about the impact of Remembrance Day. Um, one of my people, a French person, it seems like, Lise Vagois, or Vago, Alexa's gonna kill me. The NDP candidate in Thunder Bay Superior said in a 2019 podcast, the national anthem served as social engineering and that brainwashing is the wrong word, but it's not completely divorced from the idea. Now, I guess we're digging into old podcast stuff that people um, said. I say, it's not exactly news if it's a 2019 it, yeah. podcast. But so I it's mean, more of a hit piece at this point. Uh, did you? It's fair, it, point. it's fair point. She's running for politics. Did you interview her, Brian Lilly? Did you reach out? She probably won't answer. She's NDP. Mm-hmm. But um, anything there from a quote from the woman or anything that we should read? Um, you're trying to generate a core population that is unquestionably loyal to the projects of the state. So, uh, okay, so no, just because you have a national anthem. National anthem, of course, something to be said, I'd say, for, you know, the re- regulated education, government control of education, social engineering, all yes. that, sure. Uh, like that there is a point that isn't, you know, going to be totally missed, I'd say, but as far as... I don't know. The headline makes it seem like she's saying we need to burn down the national anthem. I mean, is she saying that? I don't know. About the function of national anthems. So she agrees with, disagrees with national anthems at large because they represent the state. Yeah. As in, I think we should need no more borders, no more countries. No more giant, borders, no more walls, no more USA on, at all. On planet Earth, Andrew, just one global government is all we need. So, yes. On planet Prometheus. Yeah. Now, you will not have heard of... Stephen DeLuca, he's the leader of the Ontario Liberals, who became... Lo- <laughs> they lost... That's true, Turtle. Turtle Club. Oh, God, you would love Masters that movie. This guy's fantastic. Fantastic. You would love that I movie. Would. Hey, I'm getting all these movie references from um, I'm getting them all. Terrible, Anyways, terrible. Uh, so, yeah, DeLuca. because the Liberal Party lost their official party status last election because they did so bad on the back of Kathleen Wynne, yeah. uh, the engine that couldn't, we'll call her. And so now, th- like like I said, the NDP came up with theirs, oh, let's spend money on dental care and, uh, you know, um, indigenous talking points that we won't fulfill. This is Stephen Del Duca's new talking point. Ontario students struggled with remote learning and lockdowns, so he wants to institute, he wants to bring back grade 13. That is, so if you had older brothers or maybe parents at this point mm-hmm. in Ontario, OAC they would call it, mm. grade 13, the extra lap they would call you know it. It's, it's time to make Canada great again by bringing back the grade 13 Here's year. the thing, Dakota, this guy supported lockdowns, but now he's saying because of lockdowns you're too yeah. far behind, and why would they want to create a grade 13? More teachers. More teachers. More teachers. It's never enough teachers. They never have enough time off. They're always suffering. They yeah. need more people in the. Cl- they need fewer people in the classroom so there can be more teachers. We need another grade so there can be more teachers. We need everything to be more teachers. Their jobs need to be easier. They need to do it not just for remote learning. They need a hologram that fills in for them. Mm. That you know they're 
their hive mind is in a hard drive so they don't actually have to get up. They can just sleep and teach at the same time. This is an Ontario union, teachers union official sleeping while they teach children digitally and learn nothing because they're at home playing PlayStation. Sounds like a great gig to me, honestly. Um, <laughs> I'm so harsh. You're so harsh, Andrew. You know, any teachers out there watching, uh, you can write them a... It's a not very, all of uh, them. Heartfelt uh, email. One of my best friends, mother is, was my teacher. I love her. And these unions really let people down. They're, of sure. course, their job is to make money. But at some point you get a lot of time off. Oh, yeah. And that is that is one election. Uh, you see, they're making these very, I guess, outlandish, like, oh, vote for us. We're going to make big change, these liberals. <laughs> grade 13. So grade 13, one of these big, oh, grade 13, the other liberal promise was to ban all handguns. It's going to be mm -hmm. illegal to own a handgun in Ontario if the, liberal, if the liberals win this election, as well as removing, I think, just one portion of the tax on food purchases under $20. So you, Andrew, if you go buy a cheeseburger, you won't have to pay HST. So you don't vote liberal. Exactly. It's going to get to that point if we have a nice liberal government in here, it's going to get to that San Francisco point in Toronto where people are oh, smashing boy. and grabbing and nobody does anything because, you know, we got to, you know, kick David Menzies out of somewhere. We got you know, Mayor John Tory is also running again for mayor. So, you know, what? there I you think go. That's the, that's the path we're heading down. San Fran, Toronto. Oh, Dakota, we've got a few minutes left here. We can get to this last story from Elon Musk calling out some fake news. Um, this time, not from the New York Times, as was positioned by the them on the Met Gala side of things, which everybody cares tons about. But the New York Post, who is one of those newspapers who gets a lot right, they do a lot of great stuff, but they also really veer into the tabloid side for clicks, oh, yeah. just like uh, Daily Mirror or something like that. Yeah. And uh, apparently, according to Elon Musk, they got this one wrong, that Trump uh, quietly encouraged Elon Musk to buy Twitter hmm. through social CEO. Interesting. Um, is that what they're referring to Trump as, the true social CEO? Is it, oh, not the, the true social, social CEO, CEO is the one who says that. Yes. Let's click on that link after we read. Elon Musk says, this is false. I've had no communication directly or indirectly with Trump, who publicly stated that it will be exclusively on true social. Let's see who the CEO of True Social is. Mm. So maybe Trump just encouraged him so quietly that he didn't hear it. He's like whispering into his mic. He's like, hey, Elon Musk, like by Twitter. And he, he maybe subliminal <laughs> messaging kind of coming through. He didn't really, really, I've had no communication, but maybe Trump they had a meeting inside my house whispering. <laughs> maybe they had a meeting and Trump wasn't paying attention. They had agreed on this topping, <laughs> talking point. Let's uh, zoom in a little bit. Uh, $44 billion. Um, where is the name of the person? Trump quietly encouraged. Devin Nunes? No, he's not the CEO. Yeah, he's former House GOP lawmaker who is CEO of oh. Trump Media and Technology Group. Devin Nunes. Was all for oh, it. my goodness. I didn't realize that he went from the, um, what was the committee he was on? But he was instrumental yeah. in a lot of stuff. I forget which committee exactly he was on. Um, foreign intelligence, something to do with weapons. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, House GP lawmaker, bunch of very key committees, is now the CEO of... Yeah, I didn't know that. So that's a big mistake from Devin Nunes if uh, <laughs> they got that wrong. And that's not something I, somebody I would have expected to talk at a turn. Maybe he said that, and then they're just like, no, let's backtrack on that. But who knows? But... Uh, it's always funny to me now that big accounts will tweet Elon and he will respond. <laughs> yeah, he's so much more active on Twitter now. Yeah. It's great. Almost as if he owns it. Wow. And now he's going to be the acting CEO, which I know is going to make producer Efron happy. 
Oh, you know it. You know it. everyone happy. It's particularly Ian, Ian Miles Chong. Ian Miles Chong. I think Chong. we've gotten about 15 different articles from Ian on Elon Musk, at, at the very least, uh, since he bought Twitter, just on different details of Twitter and Elon Musk, different angles, different <laughs> different new developments, keeping us all updated on the saga of <laughs> Elon's Twitter takeover. So Exactly. And if this, I think it's time to promote a new cryptocurrency for Elon mm. so that I can finally make money off of crypto. Mm. I'm not like... Insider crypto uh, like, trading. Andrew? The thing is, is no, I buy it and then I don't look at it at all. I'm just yeah. hoping one day I'm just going to open my account. And it's going to be going to be huge. It's going to be huge to the moon, as they say. But I pay more attention to like micro bets on sports than I do my cryptocurrency, which might be a mistake. Of I mine. think we should bring Dogecoin as the official currency of Twitter. You can like. Yeah, you pay people Doge. that. You yeah. can. Uh, you know, I think you have an Elon Ethereum and Bitcoin wallets. If you go to Andrew Says TV on Twitter, you guys, <laughs> oh, yeah. go you donate can to Andrew Says donate to me in Ethereum or Bitcoin. Help this mm. struggling white child mm. achieve his dreams of buying Taco Bell every single day. Wow. What, a, what an aspiring dream. Every day until I explode. There I am. Thank you. Wow. Look at this guy. I remain one of the people banned from getting verified at Rebel News on Twitter. <laughs> For some reason, I'm like the only yeah, one. interesting. I wonder if this Twitter takeover is going to have any influence on Maybe. Because, uh, I feel like under the previous Twitter administration, they really just hate you. Like, you know what? <laughs> That's There's fair. something really out for you. So. You know, Dakota, I'm not completely self uh, unaware of myself. I'm very self-aware. I understand that sometimes maybe I deserve it. You know what? Maybe. That'll be my biography. Sometimes I deserve <laughs> Sometimes it. I deserve with it. a foreword by David Menzies. Mm. Any more paid chats to get you to before we skedaddle? It's true. What do the people have to say? Go ahead. John, John and Twistle. Nice to see the in the your face rebel reporters i'm sorry i think i'm missing a word there pay again john wow. and tell us what instead you mean instead of the milk toast msm bought off reporters kudos well i That's think right. i'm getting the gist of that there absolutely it was great to see our rebel team all up in that or is he talking about us or he's talking about us us on the stream thank you so much if you're talking about the debates thank you so much you better uh, yeah. be talking about us you better be talking about us but hey you know what also shout out to our team who you know did a great job <laughs> exactly amt 60 didn't there used to be referendums on legislation that severely affects all canadians such as lib ndp alliance or unvaxxed can't take the plane train till um i don't know how many referendums there was there was a referendum for quebec to leave <laughs> i don't know what other referendums yeah. are i'd be for yeah there being more referendums i mean you know more referendums more direct democracies some people might say like oh it's got a cost of administration referendums it's too costly it's like do you know how much money we're spending on so much other crap like that's the thing you know i, I would not be opposed to some more referendums but the thing is these overlords these politicians <laughs> out there they don't want to hear what you really have to say it's they true. just want to stay in power and to control you so I would be more in favor of something. Now, I haven't fleshed it out completely, but when I own my own country, mm. there's going to be options for taxation. Oh. You will be able to select. The, if you don't want... You want government, to the producers club of Andrew's country? If you don't want to pay for health care for everybody and you don't care about not having it taxpayer covered, then you don't mm. have to pay into health care because if you were literally never going to use it unless it's life-saving care, which will you then have to pay for after, um, 
then you should be able to opt out of it. If there's there's plenty of things you that you what? can opt out. Can Do I say, Andrew, that just sounds to me like a private insurance plan where if you want coverage on this certain thing, you you can just choose to pay. And yes, you, you can but be you covered. can't not choose to pay is the, the problem I have yeah, at the moment. True. It's true. And people keep saying, like, is the solution for Canada getting private health insurance? You can get private health insurance. Yeah. I don't understand where this thing comes from. Bernie Sanders lies with this all the time when he says, we need a system more like Canada with single payer and the trillionaires and the billionaires. He doesn't even want what Canada has. He just wants forced health insurance like Obamacare, where you yeah. wake up one day and you have an insurance payment every well, month. That's the thing with Canada is like you can have private health insurance, but like you can't. Like if you want to get an MRI in Canada, you can't go to a private institution here and get an MRI. Like you got to you go to wait States. a long time. You got to sit in our wait list and wait however many months to get your MRI, or you can go to Texas and do it and just pay them a ton of money and have it done. But it's like we just like have banned private health care of some inane sense of equality because like, right. oh, if the rich people are cutting ahead of the line of everyone else, then that makes it worse for us, even though then that means they're out of the yeah, line exactly. we're waiting in and actually makes it better for everyone. It's the old illegal immigration yeah. theory. You know what else they do in Texas? Hog hunting. Mm. You can do a helicopter, Sounds and there's great. all these wild hogs that eat your crops and destroy your ranch, yeah. and you get into a helicopter and you shoot a lot of them. Sounds but uh, I've, I've never done it. I'm Not really. There's They're wild animals. Shooting hogs? That sounds like a great time, Andrew. Going well, hog hunting? That's right. Well, didn't you just say it sounds messed up? Uh, no, I said it sounds like a great time. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I yeah, misheard you. Yeah, miscommunication um, in real time. Should we play the trailer of... Oh, another young... Oh, okay. Cheryl Don VCBC has ads playing on TV during playoff hockey. Masks me gag. Well, they probably have hockey on Makes CBC as well. Yeah. So... CBC spends your money. I love when Hockey Night in Canada is brought to you by Huawei. That's fun. Yeah, that's good. It's a good time. Thanks, Jean Charest. <laughs> All right. The producer's talking to us. Okay, mm. May 30th, we're being told live and in studio by mm. the wonderful producer Olivia. Uh, so this is what we were referencing about the independent. There you go. May 30th. That Sheila I'm writing it down. May 7th to 9th. Independent press gallery. I will be there. I will be asking. Very rough questions. Very. I'm looking to make people squirm. I'm looking to be above the narrative as we always are on Rebel News. Yeah. And uh, keep the plan trusting in place. Trust Andrew says his plan. Dakota, yep. will you be there? Um, I intend to be there. You know, I actually, I had, I think I had some vacation plans that weekend. Unbelievable. I'm not going to lie, but I may, see, I may see if I can adjust this. Vacation? I was not aware of this date, Andrew. Vacation. Yes. There's May thirtieth. It's a the news time. doesn't stop, Dakota. Yeah, well, Dakota does sometimes. <laughs> stop and relax and recharge and take some vacation time, kids. Uh, Dakota does his new Dakota tag. Does. Rebelnews.com/slash/livestream is where you can get the daily link to our live stream on Rumble, Super U, Odyssey, Rumble again, Getter, Getter Super U, and YouTube. YouTube as Odyssey, well. Rumble, Super U. Yeah. Thank you, you everybody, for watching. My show is live. You can go to andrewsaystv.com to find the latest episode of Andrew Says with mm -hmm. Lewis Brackpool and Amala Ekpanobi from PragerU. We are always looking out for you. We are always giving you the other side of the story. Final thoughts, Dakota? Final thoughts. Thank you so much for watching. Catch us next time. We are doing this every single weekday at noon. Catch us next time on Monday. I think it will be Sheila and Adam Seuss. The Adam Cast. The Adam Cast. This so, is Adam Seuss, and this is my podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Rebel News, I'm, I'm Dakota Adam Christensen. Seuss. He's not Adam Seuss. I'm Adam Seuss. Goodbye. Well, this is Misinformation. Make sure to catch us next time. We'll see you all later. Thank you so much. Thank you. Until next time, Godspeed, Rebels.
Peace out. Speaker, I was going to suggest we play a trailer from. Uh, discuss changing the vaccination requirements for federal workers, but we've not still heard of any discussions or changes. Many of those who cannot work because they are not fully vaccinated have no benefits and no income. Mr. Speaker, why is the NDP Liberal government continuing to break the backs of working Canadians with these vindictive federal mandates? Great the Honourable President of the Treasury Board. Mr. Speaker, as I've said before and again, having a fully vaccinated workforce makes our workforce and our communities safer. And we asked employees to step up, and 99% of the public servants have been fully vaccinated or attested to have been fully vaccinated. We committed to review this policy every six months. This review is underway, and any decisions will be based on science and the advice of public health officials. Thank you, Mr. Speaker.